One of the main questions I have been asked by numerous people over the past few months, really the last two years, we're almost at that two-year mark when um, they decided to try and shut the world down. And it is, it's crazy if you think about it, two years, it's coming up really quick. During this time, many, many people have asked, why am I here? What is my purpose? A lot of people said, well, I, I kind of lost my purpose. There was, everything changed. And Kathy and I were discussing this this morning and, and before we came and just how much uh, COVID caused a lot of us uh, to kind of get out of our routine and get out of our our normal normalcy, and and a lot of people use the, the terminology n- new normal, but but really, who we are has not changed. We're still all called to do the same thing that we were called to do before March of 2020. We all still have the same purpose. Your purpose has not changed. It's just we have forgotten what that purpose is. In order for us to find true life and and really to begin to live as we should, it is found in Christ. It is found in our purpose of sharing the good news, sharing the gospel, bringing people to a place of hope. As we look at our world today, we know one thing for sure, especially if you've ever read your Bible, the world is no more evil than it was when Eve decided to eat, and Adam thought, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's eat too. Because by the time you've gotten into just the fourth chapter of the first book of the Bible, we have our first murder. Not long after that, we have people literally sacrificing children. We have a very sick world that we live in. So why am I here? What is it that has brought me to this place? Why would God allow me to be born in this time? Why am I here? And I'll be honest with you, as you turn a little older, obviously that was announced a while ago, I'll be 50. I know I do not look my age, but fat people don't get wrinkles. So um, it is a, uh, it's a real blessing there. Um, that's okay. Some of y'all can laugh. Some of y'all can say, oh my. And others of us can just celebrate the fact that we're overweight and don't have wrinkles. Um, <clears throat> the truth is, is that as we look at our lives, as we get a little older, we begin to wonder, God, why am I still here? What is my purpose? And God reminds us, nothing's changed. You're still supposed to be sharing the gospel. Like those of you that are in your 70s and 80s and you're going, man, how much longer? As long as you have breath, may it praise God. As long as you have breath, may it spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to find ourselves in the book of Esther this morning. If you have your Bible, turn there with us. And we're going to look in Esther and and we're going to kind of take a a, a look real quickly throughout the scripture, throughout um, what we're going to be doing and and so if you have your Bible there, go ahead and let's turn uh, to chapter 1. And I'm going to go ahead of us a little bit, and I'm going to give you the, the kind of message of, of what we're doing here and the idea of, of why we're meeting this morning 
uh, and, and what we're really wanting to get out of all of the things that uh, God is going to lead us through during this time of service. In Esther chapter 4, there's a conversation that's going to happen between her uncle Mordecai, who, by the way, has taken her in because both of her parents have passed. Esther's parents passed, and so Mordecai has taken her in. And in verse 13, they're talking about the fact that there's an attempt to kill all the Jews. And Esther has been made queen where she is at. Uh, we'll go through all this. We'll get there. But I want to read the, this kind of chapter 4, verse 13. So let's stand together as we read from God's word. It says, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's palace can escape any more than all of the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Father God, may we understand that you have called us to the life that we're living. You, you planted us here. Uh, no matter what year we were born, Father, we're alive now and we have purpose and Father, we are living in a very uh, hurting, wicked and hurting world. Nothing has changed. We know that. It's always been wicked and hurting. But, but Lord, why have you planted us here? Why are we in this spot? Why are we here during this time? And, Lord, it's because you have called us to do something great, to rescue the perishing, to care for the dying. So, Lord, may we understand that you have called us to a great purpose. And may we not shy away from that purpose, but instead may we pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways so that you might hear from heaven and heal our land. Father, we pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. So there's been a young lady born. Her name is Esther. Her parents have died. And there are some of the Israelites who have moved around, and, and so we're going to pick up here in Esther ver, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Now it happened in the days of Assyrus, the, uh, the Assyrus who reigned from India to Cush, over 127 provinces. In those days, the, as king sat on his royal throne, which was at the citadel in Susa, in the third year of his reign, he held a banquet for all his officials and attendants, the army officers of Persia and Media, uh, and the nobles and the officials of the, his provinces in his presence. So we have this king who has put on a great banquet. He's invited all that are important to come to this banquet, and uh, he has put out his best for them. They're going to have the best gold to drink from, the greatest plates. Everything's going to be as fancy as it can possibly be. And then on the seventh day... He's going to surprise them all with his greatest gem, with the, the most beautiful thing that he has in all of his kingdom. He's going to wait till the seventh day to surprise them. So these parties went on for quite a while. This is a festival. This is something that has happened over quite some time. And so in verse 10, it says, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was cheerful with wine, he ordered the seven eunuchs, and I'm not even going to attempt to read their names because I don't want anybody laughing at me. Okay, if y'all want to give it a shot, go ahead. But we're going to just skip that little part where their names are. We're going to go straight down to the next part here. It says, the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Osiris to bring Queen Vashti before the king. Now, this was the, the beautiful bride of the king. This was his queen. This is his crown. This is his most beautiful thing that he wants to let everybody see and share in her beauty. 
They wanted, he wanted them to put their royal turban in order to display her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful, the Bible says. But listen to what happened. The queen refuses to come at the king's order delivered by the eunuchs. So the king became very angry and his wrath burned within him. So we see that the king is very joyful. He's had this party going for quite some time. And on the seventh day, he's ready to bring out his queen so the world can see, all the people can see how beautiful she is. But when he calls for her, she's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested, not going. And so it burns up the king. He's very angry. In verse 15, it says, according to law, what is to be done with Queen Vashti since she did not obey the command of King Assyrius delivered by the eunuchs? And in the presence of the king and the other officials, Mamukin said, Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but also all the officials and all the peoples who are in the provinces of King Assyrius. Now, I want you to understand what's about to happen. There's going to be a conversation that's going to take place. And, And ladies, just... Take a deep breath, okay? Take a deep breath, ladies. My wife's already <clears throat> straightening it up for me. The men basically say, listen, if you don't correct Queen Vashti, all of our wives are going to rebel, and we can't have that. Now, in 2022, there's a saying, if mama ain't happy, Ain't nobody happy. Well, back in this day, if the men make the women mad, they still ain't nobody happy, right? (laughs) Y'all pray for HC. Just pray for him. We have this this time where this queen refuses. This is an order. This is something that has been called by the king, and so the king is angry. And verse 19 says, if it pleases the king, let a royal edict be issued by him and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media so that it cannot be repealed, that Vashti may not come into the presence of the king, Cyrus, and let the king give her royal position to another who is more worthy than she. By the queen's refusal, the door opens. Now, so far, we've heard nothing about Esther. We've heard nothing about Mordecai. We've heard nothing about the Jewish people. All we know is that there's a king who throws a party. He calls for the queen on the seventh day. She refuses to come, and now it's time to get rid of her. She's no longer going to be queen. She'll now be, I don't know what what exactly they're going to do with her, but she loses her position. And verse 20 says, when the king's edict, which he will make, is heard throughout his kingdom, great as it is, then all women will give honor to their husbands, great and small. By the way, ladies, that's biblical. It's biblical. It's biblical. Ladies, biblical. And the truth is, we don't have to talk about that because we know it is. Men, you're supposed to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And if we'll love our wives that way, 
we'll probably find out that our wives will turn around and show us the respect and follow our leadership. Why? Because we're following God. Now, this queen's refusal opens the door so there will be a new queen who is Saul. Esther chapter 2 says, After these things, when the anger of King Assyrus had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decided regarding her. Then the king's attendants who served him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and may the king appoint overseers in all the provinces of his kingdom and have them bring every beautiful young virgin to the citadel of Susa, to the harem and to the custody of, of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let their cosmetics be given to them. Ladies, did you hear that part? They're going to dress them up, right? They're going to dress them up, all right? Now, my wife doesn't need cosmetics. She's absolutely gorgeous just the way she is. Amen, that's right. And so are your ladies as well. But they're going to put cosmetics on them, make them look really pretty. Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen in place of Vashti, and the suggestion pleased the king, and he did accordingly. Now, here we're going to find out how God works. Like a lot of you are going, how are we going to get through this life? What's going to happen? Trust me, God is in control. This is what we're going to learn this morning, that no matter how chaotic, no matter how strange it looks, no matter how how it looks for, for all the things going on in our world today with Russia and China and everything else, you can trust that God is in control. Out of nowhere enters this new part of the story, and it says, after these things, when the anger of the king had subdued, had subsided, so we get all this, he's calmed down. Then let the young women who pleases the king be queen in place of Ashtar. Now, verse 5 says there was a Jew at the citadel. You notice how God is going to put his people in the right spot. There was a Jew at the citadel in Susa whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shemel, the son of Kish, a Benjamite who had been taken from Jerusalem with the exiles, who had been deported with Jeconi, uh, Jeconi, the king of Judah, from Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had deported. He was the guardian to Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had no father or mother. Now the young woman was beautiful of form and face, and when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. God has, has begun to set this up. Everything is starting to fall into place. God has got the, the right person there, his own people. He, this woman is beautiful. The king is looking for a beautiful woman, and, and all of these things are happening. So it came about in verse 8, when the command and decree of the king were heard, and many young ladies were gathered to the citadel of Susa and to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was taken to the king's palace to the custody of Haggai, who was in charge of the, woman, of the women. Now, the young lady pleased him and found favor. So he quickly provided her with her cosmetics and food, gave her seven choice female attendants from the king's palace, and transferred her and her attendants to the best place in the harem. Esther did not reveal her people or her kindred because Mordecai had instructed her that she was not to reveal them. And every day, Mordecai walked back and forth in front of the courtyard of the harem to learn how Esther was and what was happening to her. Here it is, God out of nowhere 
sets up this woman, this Jew, this, this, this girl who is of his people and puts her in the perfect place, gives her the perfect beauty, the perfect form. It catches the king's eye and he's like, this is the one. By the way, it was God who chooses his queen. Not the king. But God is the one who set this up. Here is part of our problem when, when everything is chaotic and everything seems to be going crazy. We're like, where's God in all this? Folks, you don't have to see God to know that God is active. You don't have to understand every detail to know that God is very active in what he's doing and that his will will be accomplished whether you want to be a part of it or not. His will is going to be accomplished. And that's what we're finding here. God has set everything in the right spot. And this concerned man over this young lady, he comes back every day. He checks on her. Verse 17 says, the king loved Esther more than all the women and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the the virgins so that he set the royal turban on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. Then the king held a great banquet, Esther's banquet. For all his officials and his servants. He also made a holiday for the provinces and gave gifts in proportion to the king's bounty. Now when the virgins were gathered together for the second time, then Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther still had not revealed her relatives or her people, just as Mordecai had instructed her. For Esther did what Mordecai told her, just as she had a win under his care. We are seeing a faithful person. Here's the thing. Whatever you're doing in this life right now, whatever chaos you see, the key is just be faithful. Be who you are. God has called you to be an example. God has called you to to have integrity. Uh, When people look at you, if, if you have integrity, they will be willing to listen to what it is that you have to share. And what you have to share is found right here in Scripture. You and I are alive today in 2022 to give the gospel to a lost and dying people. Be faithful. Be faithful. Do what God has called us to do. As we keep reading, we find that there's some issues in the kingdom. And Mordecai is going to be given the chance to save the king. Verse 21 says, in those days while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bichthan and Tarash, two of the king's officials from those who guarded the door, became angry and sought to attack the king. But the plot became known to Mordecai and he informed Queen Esther and Esther told the king in Mordecai's name. So the king knows about Mordecai. This is not a secret as to who Mordecai is. This man's name has been given out of the king. This man has saved your life. Then the plot was investigated and found to be so, and they were both hanged on a wooden gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the king's presence. So we see this great moment where Mordecai suddenly is is set up to to be a, a great man, but quickly he is forgotten because another man enters the plot, or another man enters the story. This is Haman's plot to kill the Jews. After these events in chapter 3, it says, Sirius honored Haman, the, the son of Amenadeth, the Agagite, and promoted him and established his authority over the officials who were with him. All the king's servants 
who were at the king's gate bowed down and paid homage to Amon. So the king had commanded regarding him, but Mordecai neither bowed down nor paid homage. Why? Because Mordecai belonged to the one true God. He was not going to bow down. He was not going to show homage. That belongs to the Lord above and him alone. Verse 3 says, And the king's servants who were at the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why are you violating the king's command? Now it was when they had spoken daily to him, and he would not listen to them, that they told him on, to see whether Mordecai's reason would, uh, would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. I don't listen to your laws. I listen to the law of God is what he was telling them. When Ammon saw that Mordecai neither bowed down nor paid homage to him, Ammon was filled with rage, but he considered it beneath his dignity to kill Mordecai alone. For they had told him who the people of Mordecai were. So Ammon sought to annihilate all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, who were found throughout the kingdom. We start with a party. On the seventh day, the king invites the queen. The queen refuses. God has the perfect candidate to take her place. And she's told, do not tell who you are. She becomes queen. There's an attempt to take the life of the king and Mordecai, the Jew, tells of this plot and the king knows his name. Then Ammon enters the picture and he's going to annihilate all of the Jews. Verse 8 of chapter 3, it says, And Haman said to the king, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all other people, and they do not comply with the king's laws. So it is not in the king's interest to let them remain. How does this tie in with us today? Christians should be totally different than the rest of the world. Our ways are not the ways of the world. Why? Because God's ways are higher than ours. We follow the hand of God, the leadership of the Lord. We, we follow the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God. We're different. Verse 9 says, If it is pleasing to the king, let it be decreed that they be eliminated. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry out the king's business to put in the king's treasuries. Then the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman. This is why you don't think, do things out of haste. It doesn't say he asked a lot of questions. What does it say? He was led astray by somebody else's anger. He puts his signet ring on it. Here we have this, this thing that's going to take place. The son of Hamanadeth, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the silver is yours and the people also to do with them as you please. He's given Haman permission. Go and annihilate him. Go and kill him. This would have been the first Hitler we would have ever been able to see here. This is exactly how Hitler felt about the Jews. He hated them. He had this edict copied and set all over the kingdom. Now we find in chapter 4, verse 1 says, When Mordecai learned of everything that had been done, he tore his clothes 
put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. Openly, he's, openly he is, is, is wailing. Openly, he is in mourning over what he has heard. He is not concerned about what other people see or think. It, it, is, it is something that he is seeking God over. And he came as far as the, the king's gate. For no one was to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. In each and every province where the command and decree of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and mourning rites. And many had sackcloth and ashes spread out as a bed. Then Esther's attendants and her eunuchs came and informed her. And the queen was seized by great fear. What is going on? What what is happening here? And she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he would remove his sackcloth from him. But he did not accept them. And Esther summoned a thought from the king's eunuchs whom the king had appointed to attend her and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what the mourning was and why it was happening. So he goes out to Mordecai in the city square in the front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the elimination of the Jews. Aren't you glad that God always saves? Sometimes he chooses to use us. Are you willing to step up and be the person that God would choose? Are you willing to be the one that says, you know what, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I will follow God, Mordecai. Mordecai has gone against everything that everyone else is doing, and he is being obedient to follow the Lord. So many of us in this room, we only follow God on Sunday. And by the way, that's not following God. That's playing religion. If the only day that you have anything to do with God is on Sunday, that is not salvation, that's not Christianity, that is religion. So Mordecai tells him everything. And in verse 8, he says, he also gave him a copy of the text that the edict which had been issued in Susa for their annihilation so that he might show Esther and inform her. And in order for her to go to the king to implore his favor and plead with him for her people. But by the way, if she goes to the king, the king's already done what? He's already put his signet ring on it. It's already been sealed and done. So that came back and reported Mordecai's words to Esther. And then Esther spoke to to him and, and, and ordered him to reply to Mordecai, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king in the inner courtyard who is not summoned, he has only one law that he be put to death unless the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. So Esther is saying, listen, Even if you want me to do this, I can't do this. I haven't been invited. Folks, if you want to really follow God, you got to stick your neck out. If you and I are going to truly follow what God has called us to do, we're going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We're going to have to be willing to put our life on the line at times. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the other Jews. Because once it's found out that she's a what? A Jew, they'll be coming for her. For if you keep silent this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place. How many blessings have you and I missed out on because we refused to join what God was doing? 
How many of you, if you were to look back where you are now, how many of you missed out blessings 20 years ago because you didn't realize how good it was to follow after God? My daughter asked me, she said, Dad, things as you thought they would be or something similar to that. You know, the only thing that I can tell you I wish I could have done different is I wish I'd have just been faithful the whole time. In my unfaithfulness, it brought misery to me and my family. If I could have just been found faithful. Verse 14 says, So if you keep silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Do you remember what God did? He chose the queen, correct? He put her there. You're wondering why you're here? Why you're alive at this point in time? It is because God desires to use you. He wants to put you to work for his purpose. You are here to share the gospel. You are here to be a voice. You are here to be a light. The Bible tells us you're the salt of the earth, the light of the world. How do I live this out? This is what God's coming to do. How do I live it out? Well, it's very simple. You do the same thing that Esther did. Verse 15 says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants also will fast in the same way, and then I will go to the king, which is not in accordance with the law. And if I perish, I perish. Christianity is... If I lose my friends, well, I just lose my friends. You know what I found out about my life? My best friends are in this room right here. Those people who have nothing to do with me because of who I am in Christ, they're the ones who are losing out. Not because they don't have me, but because they don't understand how good we have it in Christ. I'm not rich. I got bills to pay. I have life to live. But folks, whenever I breathe my last breath, there's not even a question as to where I'm going. At your job, you are at that job for a reason. And and I know y'all hear me say this all the time, but if you're a boss, God has put you there for such a time as this. Like your, your job as a boss, your job as, as, an, as a business owner is to be a light. It's to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and if people don't like you, so be it. Your job is to be a light and an example to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to build up the people that work for you, to show them the light of God. You were put here for such a time as this. If you're a school teacher, you're here for those kids. You're here as an example 
in this public school system. You need to be praying for our teachers. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pray for all of our teachers, but I'm telling you in public school, oh my gracious, the struggles are so real. You may be the only kind adult that that child knows. God has put you here for such a time as this. To be a light, to be an example. Verse 17 says, So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded him. Folks, this morning, what we need to be doing for one another is praying for one another. Lifting each other up in prayer. Asking for God's direction. Asking for God's wisdom. Seeking after the hand of God for leadership and guidance. Because we have been put here for such a time as this. We have been called to be a light. At this point in the story, as we close it today, Esther understands God has put her in this position for such a time as this. And even, even if she dies, she'll die in obedience. May we be found in obedience to Christ. Father, we thank you that you love us. God, that you care for us. You have called us to be obedient people. You've called us to be a light and an example of a lost and dying world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. God, where that place is called to be the city on the hill to draw people close to you. Lord, I pray for the bosses and the business owners in this room right now. They will understand their role. That they are to be an example of Christian living. So that their employees will be drawn to you by their example, by the words they speak, by the actions they take, by the things that they say, by their integrity. Lord, I pray for the school teachers right now, especially those in public school. Again, not taking anything away from others, but those who have put themselves out there that feel that call to be in public school. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them wisdom because they are facing a battle, God. It's not about the children. It's not about the parents. It's about the fact that most people have no clue who you are. Lord, may they be a light. May they be an example. And when the door is opened by a child asking them, why in the world can you be so calm? Then they can turn to that little child or that teenager and say, because Christ is my hope. Well, God, we are here in 2022 for a purpose. 
And that purpose is to draw people to you. Lord, give us wisdom today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Let's stand together.